You're listening to In The Bunker, a podcast that explores the biggest challenges in starting and running a business. My name is Joshua Maddox, and I'm an entrepreneur and business owner myself. I'm sitting down with business owners to talk about the challenges they face, the lessons they've learned, and how we can all grow from it. Welcome back to In The Bunker. Every business faces challenges, and we love to share those stories. Today, we have Mike Melkanis in the bunker with us. Mike was faced with the challenge of staying in business through the Great Recession. So many businesses can relate to having challenges and having dips in business, but the Great Recession definitely stands out. Mike has over 35 years of experience in the construction industry, and he'll dive into that a little bit more. There's really so much to dive in here. We were talking pre-show. There's so much we can go through. I'm just super excited to dive in and, and dive into this topic a little further. Welcome to the show, Mike. Nice to be here. Let's get to know you a little bit further. What is your background? Who are you? How'd you get here? I've been in mostly construction, insulation, construction to be exact. So I've done insulation manufacturing and uh, insulation contracting for most of my career. But recently I have been freed up, get into some real estate. So we've done a bunch of uh, single family housing, uh, rehab and rentals, and which then has moved me into more real estate, which is commercial real estate. So I'm doing some uh, redevelopment of an old mill town locally next to my businesses. So it's all construction related and uh, I'm having fun. Awesome. Awesome. It's always one of those things where when business lines up with, with something you enjoy. Yeah. I'm not a big bookworm. I like to read, but I'm not a big school bookworm. So I never, I don't make it far in the in college, but I don't have, I don't have a fear of getting my hands dirty when it comes to renovating old houses or fixing old buildings and insulating buildings. I don't mind applying myself and getting in there with my guys to learn and get things done. So maybe will people be afraid of insulation and dirty buildings? It's an advantage of mine to not be afraid to get in there. Yeah, I know that's definitely something for me personally that sets a lot of bosses apart when a owner of a company or a manager doesn't have a problem jumping in the trenches and helping out when it's needed, not necessarily operating from the trenches at all times, but jumping in a little bit as the business needs and as the team needs. So that shows the, the willingness to get your hands dirty and understand the process a little further and go through that, which is really good. I find that as a really great way of building, you know, camaraderie with the men in the field and your team, your staff, if you're too pompous to you'll be involved in the nitty gritty or to jump in when the dirtiest work needs to be done. You know what I mean? I'm sure everybody like the bosses, they don't do that. You know what I mean? But when you are the boss who does that, they're like, wow, this boss is a little bit different than when the shit hits the fan. I mean, people are happy to know that the boss is there with them, cleaning things up with them. And I've always been like that. So I think that's why I have a lot, a real longevity and a real low turnover with my key people. Yeah, I definitely think that's a huge key factor in that specifically in, in turnover. I think it's also the element of if you're in the working on a bid as a business owner, you're working on a bid for a new project and you're like, oh, this takes 20 hours and you have no idea what it actually takes. You're going to back yourself in the corner. But if you're like, yeah, I did that two months ago and 
it took about four days to get this done. Well, that's not 20 hours of work. That's that may be four days with five or six guys. That may be a lot more time. And we're talking multiples of error there. Sometimes it's a disadvantage because you know how terrible the work is. And then you, you put too much money on the job because you don't want to, you don't want to do it. Yeah, that's true as well. So I know, I know in your business, you guys during the recession, obviously that rocked your guys' business as, as well as many others. What did that look like for you guys? Yeah. What happened is I had a fairly decent sized business, five or six million, but it was all over the place. I had a real diverse customer base from all different, different verticals in the construction. But once construction evaporated or housing starts evaporated right by 75%, you know, you, I giggle every time somebody cries that retail sales are down a percent or two or something, or retail sales are flat and it's a retail apocalypse, right? I just laugh. You're like, oh, what? They're flat and it's an apocalypse, right? The you know, when you're 73 quarters of your sales completely evaporate off the planet, you just like, now that's an apocalypse, right? You had some real soul searching to do. It was just like, okay, you just, you couldn't live. You were just like everything that had to go, but I had to go, right? You're just like in a sinking ship and you're just throwing stuff overboard. Things got to go with, we're not going to make it if we don't, uh, you know, if things don't start, you know, start going. So it's funny how a year or two, even when things were still going fine, I had dreamt of throwing stuff overboard, but just never had the nerve to take on such a challenge. I would see the inefficiency, the thing we would do redundantly for, I mean, no reason, just that's, that's what the last lady told me to do. And that's how we always did it. And I'd walk into the next office and I'm like, are you doing the same thing the girl in the office next to you are doing? Right. And they'd be like, because they're doing the same information, the same data entry, right? Just crazy stuff like this. And I'm just. Oh my God. It's like, you just want to like, so I, I thought, Hey, I, I need to just burn this all to the ground. I, I know what to do now. Been in business long enough. I said, but you, you, you so what, what do you do? You're like, cause in the middle of a football game, like I can't start a new draft in the middle of the third quarter of a football game. So you just could never make the moves. I got trucks. And, uh, sorry. My alarm just went off here. Uh, get trucks and deliveries and customers. So you just could never make those hard decisions. So once the recession came, it, it did obviously prod me along very quickly to have to start making these decisions. And I always knew where the, the business needed to go, but that business was only 25 or percent of the, of my actual. So I basically had to start jettisoning everything else, everything that needed to go other than what I knew where the business had to go. So it was contracting was installing insulation versus manufacturing insulation, which was the bulk of the business for 20 years, I had to send guys home and mothballing trucks and all the mothballing warehouse space that I didn't need and right. Sending people home and right. It was just torturous, but I knew contracting was the way to go. It was more margin. It was a bigger, mar bigger vertical, right. Bigger marketplace. I, I, I was better at it. I could, I, I could, um, separate myself from competitors, right. So they would, you know, there was a lot of, uh, there was ways I could differentiate myself. I could beat like really large competitors at, at the game, you know, even early in the process. So I knew that, Hey, with some refining, this is, this, there could be some, so I, that's what we had to do, but it took me burning the forest, basically lighting it ablaze with the help of the recession. And then 
spending the next couple of years systematically doing nothing. I divest, divested myself of everything non-sales related and uh, spent my time in the field, you know, chasing down these customers, right? This, the, you know, chasing down this vertical, uh, saying, Hey, this is the future. I divested myself of everything else. And this is like Columbus burning the boats, right? There was no other, there was no going back. I basically couldn't call any of the other customers. I had mothballed that equipment, those machines. I had sent those trucks, got repoed, had sent them back. So there was no way to deliver material anymore. So there was own this contracting and these new customers that I had hitched my wagon to. And so I had to find more of them and, and sell to them to get my way out, get my way through the recession. And it wasn't easy because I'm in Pittsburgh and these customers are in Boston and Philly and Virginia, which is fairly irregular for an insulator to be chasing customers in different states, but that's just, uh, that's where they were. And that's what I had to go find them. I had to go get them. Yeah. I know so many businesses or business owners will talk about, if I was to start over today, this is what I would do differently. And you literally had, sadly had that opportunity a little bit in some sense. And I know, you know, business owners oftentimes will look at, and if I was to start over today, this is what I would do. Or if I was to change things, I would alleviate this, or I would get rid of this service. And it's hard to make those decisions when you're profitable, when your business is bringing in money and you as the owner are making a decent income and things are good and your employees are happy. But when things flip upside down and your business, you being open a day is costing thousands of dollars out of your own pocket, you quickly start to figure out where to cut things and how to make things more efficient. And it sounds like that's a lot of really what happened through, through this. Yeah. And I, and then I had a good business, like I said, and I made a good living and I was by no means starving and I was doing well, but I, but the, the effort and the time spent to generate the amount of money that I was making, it was a young man's game. So sure. If I could stay 25 to 30 for my, with that type of energy for the rest of my life, then sure. Then I get to be fine. They used to all hours a day and you could generate a good living. But you know what that, although the recession was the most painful thing and a blow to my ego and just a complete disaster at first, right? It was the best thing that has ever could possibly have happened to me. It was just one big disaster. It took all of my lumps, all of the pain that I could have had on the businesses and just condensed it all into a year and a half or whatever that was. And just, okay, you just take all of your torture and all of your pain right now, get rid of every possible thing. And then it just like, everything was gone. All the fat was gone. All of the negative energy was gone. All the redundancies were gone. And then it was just me and those five or six key people and the future in the new business venture and the low efficient overhead with the new business model and like the margins on the new business, like the first year in, I was already making, right. The same margin that I was making after 20 years in the old business, right. At, I mean, a year in. Wow. So by, by the third or fourth year, it was, I was triple 
the margins. And I couldn't get any, I couldn't get past five and six million after 20 years, right? It went just from, it just went four million and then six million and then eight million and then 12 million. And right, it just went because I was just in the right zone and the right business and the right. And this is with me putting in like less and like less and less effort, right? Each yeah. year, right? So, so it's now, and I, I you know, I'm, I, if the business will run, it's the same people that I divested all of my time and energy to back during the recession. They're all still there. They're all still running and doing all the paperwork. I kind of just sit on top and with all those customers are there that I spent those two or three years cultivating and finding. They're doing such a great job that we're with repeat business now, which is one of the reasons we got into that business because we knew that if you did good work, you could get this repeat business. So it's not a lot of constant new low margin work. It's a lot of big repeat. It's still not guaranteed repeat work. You do a really good job, but a really good customer and you tend to get the, you tend to get a lot of you know, repeat business. And that has afforded me to move into the positions that I am, which is buy and remodel 104 closed home, which we have built out and renovated, which I spent three or four years doing that, which was a just super fun and exciting time, which then gravitated me into buying a town of 50 buildings, which I have 50 retail spaces downtown, which I am now actively in the middle of, you know, buying out and building and leasing and building out spaces in a, the town actually that we, my business is in now. That's cool. It's the element of allowing you as a business owner to step away from the business. So there's this element and I've, I've discussed this with other guests, but there's this element of if you can't take a 30 day vacation, you don't own the business owns you. I, yes. I could never have done that pre reception now. I, and I used to think because my phone rang all the time and I was so actively involved in the business then I thought, okay, then that made me a success because you know, right. Hey, look at me. Look, my phone never stops ringing. Everybody, you know, it's calling me every second. It was a. I, I tell you, with a, quite an adjustment after you work through the recession, I, you know, I spent a couple of years with I, doing all of the adjustments necessary and then all the sales generating the business and stuff. And then it came a point when you know, I went back to the office and like nobody needed me over there. There was like nothing for me to do. I was gone for a couple of years. Everybody had buckled down, took care of everything. And I'm just walking around over there and like and nobody was asking for my fee. So you, you know, you, you did feel lonely and left out with a real kind of, don't you guys need me over here? And they're like, no, we're fine. We got so you want to go back and meddle at first. That was your, my first inkling, but I knew what was wrong. I'm like, no, look, you, you're out. You're where you've always wanted to be. You're disconnected, man. Just get out of the office and don't go back there. There's nothing back there, but paperwork and things that you hate, which is you know, why I wouldn't want to spend other time doing other ventures with the single families and the other properties because I could, which I didn't never could have done, but just disappeared for day. Of course, call me problems or issues or whatever, but it's, it's wonderful to be involved in. So now with that, and then I go, of course, started a brewery, you know, in the town that I started right before COVID that was like starting an airline right before September 11th, you know what I mean? Uh, 2001. So that was not. Yeah, really great. That was not a really great business idea of mine. You know what I mean? That uh, was a great idea. Just the timing, which who could predict? 
So what? There's going to be a worldwide pandemic? I mean, you know, come on, yeah, come on, Ron's coming. That never happened. That's impossible. Yeah. Well, that, that's actually been a really great catalyst for the town. It's like the showpiece. That's what everybody comes down to the town for. It's why I rent all the buildings, but it is certainly a challenge to keep it uh, operating efficiently under those circumstances, but it is actually a necessary evil to showcase the the town and that, you know, what it can be. So, so. And it's fun to own a brewery too, but uh, yeah. 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 That's cool. That's cool. So it's a lot like my manufacturing business that takes all my time and doesn't make a much, doesn't make any money. You know, so I've reverted back to the old ways. I'm, nah, I'm kidding. Yeah. But at the same point, it's still something that it's not on the large scale necessarily that the other manufacturing was potentially. And it's also something that nah, this is a very small on, you know, hobby. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. It's good stuff. So what would be your advice to someone who is recovering from obviously everything over the past two years or so that's been going on with COVID so many restaurants and service-based businesses and contractors have dealt with being closed for periods of time and trying to figure out where do they go from here. And it's, not necessarily a full-on recession per se, but it's some industries have definitely felt more or less the same effects. Yeah, I think this applies at pretty much at any time, right? I, mean, I am in the brewery business, hospitality business. So I, although I'm not a restaurateur and, a, and I'm still learning and certainly in that arena also, but there's just, there's only one way out and you got to sell your way out of everything. So in the restaurant business, it's, we are events, we're just, we're just spending our time setting up one event after another, right? Trying to, it's drag queen bingo, and then it's wrestling, studio wrestling, something or other. And then she says, well, my girls are just coming up with any, you know, outdoor dog days, you know what I mean? On this and, and live music and just like cornhole tournaments, anything setting up and, and Right, uh, food pairings and beer, food and beer pairings, right? It's just, hey, you got to sell your way out of, you got to bring people in. You got to have some kind of event to have people come in and yeah, drink beer, eat food, be together. Of course, that works at any time. I hear business owners and I belong to a couple of different business groups, you know, TAB and Entrepreneurs Organization. And yeah, and, and entrepreneurs are always, business owners are always complaining about it. Like I'm bogged down in the weeds in my office and I can't, it means so divesting yourself of all non-sales related activity, finding somebody to do that is so much easier than finding some mythical unicorn sales guy who's going to come save the day and sell your way out of the problem. There are no, there are no mythical sales unicorns, right? Those are you, the business owners, us, the business owners, we are those guys. There aren't any other, these, these magical guys. So. It's like our time can't be spent in there managing spreadsheets, looking at daily reports. We have to be out there engaged with customers and finding these new opportunities, meeting with, you know, these new opportunities and trying to bring in these new big accounts and big customers. And once I did that, once I stopped, you had nothing else to do. There was just no other excuses. You couldn't go back to the office. You had to go. I just, every single day, I just drove out of town every Sunday night, I left town and I just stayed out there and going from one customer looking for one opportunity after another. 
Where, and, you know, I, last time I did that when I was 20 or whatever, 19, which is a new sales guy. But hey, it was a shock when you're 40 doing that or 45. But hey, as a business owner, that's, that's the only way. And that worked like a charm because it was when you're the business owner and you have passion and you have the need to change your business, nobody can sell like you. Nobody has that type. We can exude that type of, you know, passion and commitment for your business. And everybody wants to be dealing with the business owner. Everybody wants to know the business owner, right? People don't want to be fluffed off by some new salesman of the day. You know what I mean? Okay, salesman of the day, whatever. But people love to, oh, you're the owner. Come on in. Let's talk and see what you can do. So it made a huge difference. It totally transformed my business, quintupled my bottom line. It quintupled my top line. And I have, I, I sit on top of now five functioning businesses and I still go to work whenever I want or not. And it's completely opposite of it was 10 years ago during the recession. And that's all because I divested the great recession made me divest myself of everything. And I just spent my time focusing my sales on obviously on the right vertical. So you got to have the right business vertical to go to, but that would be, that'd be my advice for everybody, for any business owner. And I see them all over the time make excuses on why they can't do that. Ah, I can't do that. No, nah, I got to be in the office every day, make, flipping through these papers. And I just hear my friends of mine, like personal business owner, friends of mine, making excuses why they just can't leave the office. I got to be in here. Okay. Then that's why you're never going to get a lot of sales. Yeah. I'm you and I connected via tab and one of the, I think it was either one of the members or our tab group leader was talking about basically having a not to do list. And he goes, you need to have a not to do list and your not to do list should be longer than your to do list always. And it's all the things that you're not supposed to do that you need to hire someone or find someone else in the company to take off your plate because you shouldn't be doing that. It's and it's, yeah, right. Yeah. And it's essentially the same thing of what you're saying. It's finding all those elements that you shouldn't be doing, moving them off your plate and having someone else take care of them. And I know but you think about it, if it's a task that you do every Friday and it takes two hours, and you spend one time training someone or you train them every Friday for a month. And now they take that task and they're going to do it for the life of them being with the business. Now you've freed up two hours and then you do that again and again. And your schedule instantly comes to the point where you walk in the office and everyone goes, what the heck are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. Get out of the office. I joke with my engineer. But my engineer business owners, and I tell them all the time, they're at a disadvantage, right? To, you know, I'm like a high school dropout with no college degree or credentials. And they're an engineer, so they're better at everything than everybody. So they can never leave the office or delegate anything because they're so much better at everything, every piece of paper and making every schedule and they didn't do it, all the estimates and stuff. So I, I'm not burdened with that. So I, I figured that everybody is probably more educated than me and probably can do it better. So it's very easy for me to delegate pretty much anything. All I can do is go out there and sell stuff and convince people to buy things. So it's, for me, it's very easy. But when I tell other people, then we like, oh my God, no, I can't, I, I can't delegate that. I can't delegate that. But I think it's, a, but yeah, there's, I think it's good advice and most people would benefit from it. Most business owners would seriously benefit from it. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's definitely something for, for me and my business. 
I tried hiring a salesperson uh, a while ago and it is the most challenging thing as a small business because like you said, you're trying to find that unicorn. You're trying to basically find you. You're trying to find yourself who's going to work just as much or more than you work for the same amount of money, less or commission. And it's not possible because if that person exists, they probably have their own business and they're probably doing something similar that you are. And so it, like you said, they, it, it's finding a unicorn. It, it's going to be almost impossible. Well, and you're competing against you and everybody else in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. So hope you got a lot of money you know, when yeah. you do find them. Cause yeah, it's going to be you against the whole field begging for the deal, you know, fighting for this guy. And then of course he knows it, right? And he yep. knows that he's the one good sales guy and he's got a hundred opportunities. It's very difficult to. Yeah. And that's so, not going to be, not going to be cheap. Yes. Awesome. Super good chatting. Enjoy the conversation. And, and I think there's a lot of really good elements here, you know, that business owners can digest and and process through. And I know both the aspect of getting rid of all the things off your plate that you shouldn't be doing and on the sales side as well is, is really good. Thinking through the aspect of what are things that your business might, you know, not be a good idea that your business is doing. Maybe it's a service that the business is offering. You don't necessarily have to go through a recession to eliminate a service or change verticals or do that. It's obviously a little easier when the business is not making money to shift directions. But if the business could potentially change and be exponentially better, that's something to consider. We do, we do one thing now. And I did, they used to, it used to be, we do everything for everybody. And I used to think that was some actual, the way to go. Hey, the more things I can do for people, the more opportunities I have, but it was like the worst. And I still hear people say that it's like the worst possible strategy you could. We picked one vertical. I do one thing only. We do big wood apartments only. Anybody called me, I put it on my business card. We put it on our phone. I go, if you're calling for anything other than a big wood apartment, don't even leave a message. You know what I mean? And I'll get people like, oh, I guess you're not going to come give me a bit on my garage. I'm like, Okay, so I guess I won't leave a message then. It's like, yeah, don't bother because we. I'm just telling you right now, don't even bother us. This is all we do. We don't do it all. We don't do small, big wood studs. It's all we do. We stay it. We put it on our shirts. It's on our money. You know I mean, people are just like, how can you be so arrogant? That's all you tell people. Is, Look, this is this is all we do. So don't even bother us with anything else. It's what we're good at. It's there's enough customers that do this. And the good news is when those customers hear you singing that particular month it's like angels are singing and bells are ringing in their ear they go oh my god this guy is exactly what i need i don't want joe schmo from eskimo who does everything for everybody i want only this guy who does only big giant wood apartments that has an army of insulators and that'll work seven days a week on my job because that's all i do is big giant apartment buildings and i want a big giant apartment building insulator so it's like music to his ears when he hears my shtick, right? Which yeah. then Barry gets him interested really quickly. And then and it differenti differentiates me very quickly. So that's another good piece of advice I would give to any business owner. Uh, simplify your business down to the, the smallest, shortest vertical. What's the most profitable vertical that has the biggest you know, marketplace you have? And focus on that one the most and just makes life so much. And it's exactly that, it's focus. 
it's I've heard that as well from people that they're like, oh, you just feel you feel overconfident or it feels just that you're coming off and you're just like, oh, we won't work with you. The person who has a garage like we won't work with it's you're focused, you're laser focused in what you're doing in business to the sense that exactly what your customer needs exactly what your customer is going to be asking, the questions they're going to ask, the elements that they, if you had to quote every type of house build in every possible state in the U.S., then the number... You're missing everything. You're constantly doing shit wrong. You're constantly always, oh, geez, I missed that. Oh, I didn't know about that. I didn't do it. I know everything. There's no, I never run into anything new. It's every job we did, we always, we know the answer before, before even the people even ask the question. And I imagine that you can almost get to the point now with a project focus like you guys are, where if someone comes to you and says, this is the rough square footage of the building, you can probably say, okay, this is a rough window price range based upon your just generic square footage. Where if it's, oh, it's a five-story building, here's the square footage or this many units or whatever that looks like. But they can give you some very basic details and you can at least probably ballpark that enough so they can start to figure out what that's going to look like. Obviously, you guys probably look over drawings and all that. Yeah, there's plenty of variables, but yes, you can, there's no doubt. You can, the less variables you can have in construction, well, in any business, right? Roll in there and find a whole bunch of mystery. Oh, geez, I didn't know I had to do all that. That's going to cost me another you know, 10,000 or whatever, right? So, and it, it makes a huge difference. And that's, it, I learned that from good to great. That's number three item. It's like the hedgehog concept, right? It's the hedgehog, he's good at one thing, rolling up on a ball and, you know, figure out his little spines and fighting against whatever, any predator and nobody can beat it. He's like, Hey, he just sticks with it. He just, it works, stick with it. So we yeah. like it. This will, which is what we're good at. If I'm the business, I'd find one good good customer vertical and I would stick with it until it doesn't work anymore because yeah yeah super true super good good to great that's a good book definitely if you're an entrepreneur or business owner and haven't read it would highly recommend it grab it from Amazon your local bookstore or a local library it's also a great option as well so Blue Ocean Strategy is my other favorite my other uh, <laughs> I have not read that one yet that is my second favorite that other one had helped me build my whole contracting business, uh, business model I devised basically from that book. It was just fantastic. Got it. That's good. That's good. Awesome. It's been super good chatting. Appreciate the time. What is the number one spot for people to find you online? Presently it's Old Town Overhaul is my latest, uh, business venture. So that's where we're spending most of my time. So you can check us out on Facebook. That's where we're posting most of our stuff. So that's old town overhaul, O-L-D-E. And so it's old with an E and town with an E overhaul. Cool. And I'll grab, make sure to grab the link to that. And we'll have that in the show notes as well. And it show all the buildings that we're rehabbing and the projects we're doing, and that'll link you to the brewery that we're doing, you know, in town and shows you it realized that. When you try to fix up buildings in the town, I ended up having to fix the whole town. So I have to fix the whole structure of the town and elect the right councils and, you know, make parades and clean the town and fix the buildings. But, you know, it's been very fun and challenging, you know, at the same time. That's cool. That's cool. 
Awesome. Appreciate you having you on the show and uh, your time with us today. Thanks, Josh. Nice talking to you. Thanks for listening to this episode of In the Bunker. As always, we can be found on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at In the Bunker Podcast. Be sure to share this episode and what you're going to apply from it and how that can affect your business. Make sure to tag us in that post so we can highlight your journey as well. But before you go, I have a quick personal ask. Each episode of In the Bunker takes a lot of work to put together from finding the guest, shooting, editing, all of that. And where I really could use your help is twofold. First, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcast or another podcast platform that can let you leave a five-star review or a text-based review, I would truly and greatly appreciate that. It really helps with the algorithm and allowing other listeners to find the show. The next thing that I really need help on is sharing this with friends, family, business owners, people that you think need to hear this content. I appreciate you listening to this episode and looking forward to next week. Take care.